For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Uh, welcome to the All My Block Podcast, the Green Bay Packer Podcast. I'm your host, Simon Green, along with my good friend and teammate, Mike Wallman. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I mean, yeah. you know, all things yeah. considered, AG. Yeah, all you know, things, we're, right. We're, we're, Packers, I, we're, we're Packers fans, yep. and uh, not a lot to be cheery about after yesterday's performance, certainly. No, it was uh, one hell of a game on both sides, which we both talked about. Both teams are going to come in regardless of the circumstances before the game because the NFL planned out a cr- interesting schedule. A lot of people question that schedule of games being played before this game. You know, in terms of the Seahawks games um, is what I'm pointing to. Mm-hmm. People brought that up in the media through uh, through the week. I believe KJ well, the Wright. Seahawks pe- the Seahawks yeah. people, yeah, in particular. Yeah, KJ Wright, <laughs> who I was on a show with earlier this week, he brought that up. He just thought it was real weird how – we were, you know, our game is at 12 o'clock in Detroit game that is going to affect, you know, potentially the mindset of the Detroit players if they once they see the Seahawks win. And I'm like, he has a point, but players are players. Every player is different, you know, and coaches are different. So uh, mindsets might change regardless of what the circumstances may lay for that team. So as we saw in one hell of a game, we uh, we we watched last night. So let's get into this read real quick. Bet Online, our, um, our sponsor here. So basketball is back. Bet Online remains our number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and great game trends at BetOnline. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. So all the always the fastest, easiest way to bet on your favorite sports events, whether it's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, esports, and even golf. So bet on, I don't, So head over to BetOnline.ag to join with you and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code BLEAV. That's believe, receive your awards. So, bet online where the game starts. So, Mike, let's get into this conversation. Last game of the season, now for the Packers. And now we're getting into offseason mindset and some of the information that was shared right at the end of the game and press conference from LaFleur and Mr. Rogers as well. Yeah, <laughs> we'll go back. And, you know, you said, you made a good point that every player treats these games differently. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that we have to, you know, you, you have to kind of tip your cap to, to Dan, to the uh, head coach for the Lions, Dan Campbell and his staff. Mm-hmm. Look, it's a player's staff. We all, we've, everybody knows it. Um, yep. All, all of their, except for Ben Johnson, all their kind of significant coaches are ex-players. And you just saw that in the way they came out and played literally from, mm-hmm. literally from the first kickoff. Yeah. Uh, the, the way that they attacked all, all night. Um, I just am, I'm very appreciative of seeing God, God, the way they constructed their team is interesting, right? Because they don't have like they don't have a superstar. 
No. Really? They, they yeah. don't have a superstar. And so you look at the their blue – it's like a blue-collar team. I'm yeah. not saying they don't have talent. I'm just saying they don't have a superstar. And so you look at – they've got this guy who's biting – you know, his whole biting kneecaps thing. He's got all these players that yeah. – you know, the, all these ex-players that are uh, that are coaching that are around and, and hard knocks, and they're, they're, they're the ones acting fools on the field. And you're just kind of like – we're all kind of going like, this is not going to – this is not going to end well. Right. But, but one thing that they do – and everybody talked about it last week. And everybody, you know, like, except for the Seahawks fans, I think everybody in the media, everybody who watches in them play at all went, listen, I don't know if they're going to win, but mm-hmm. to think that they're not going to come out and just go for it is yeah. crazy because yes. that's just, that's who they are. They're going to go for it on fourth down. You saw yesterday, man, our punt return team Multiple. was terrible. Why? Because they're afraid we're going to, they're going to run a fake every play. Every time mm-hmm. we got on specialty, our special teams looked timid as hell yesterday. Why? They're afraid Dan's going to call some crazy stuff. With the special teams coordinator, run a fake play, run, you know, yeah. do some onside kick, fake punt, whatever. You just saw they're the aggressors and they're always that way. Whole and that's game. what you have to appreciate. You don't know if they're going to be, you don't know if Dan's team was that. Well, I didn't. My question was always, okay, emotion's great. You right. can't win on, you can't win sustained. It's not sustainable to win on emotion. At right. some point, you have to have technique, football intelligence, all the other stuff. Yeah. You have to be a master at teaching that as well. But in these, like for these specific, and we'll see if that turns out because it sounds like they're, it looks like they're playing, you know, they're starting to play winning ball. They're one of the better teams in the league right now. They just don't have the record to get in the playoffs. Correct. But in these, these like one off games, dude, emotion takes you a long ways. And it I, does. And you just can't believe that, like, AG, what is it about the Packers? They get in these one and done games, and, bro, that was the, that, that defense gives up the most yards in, in, in the entire league. They they give up twenty five points a game. Twenty six. Detroit's defense. Game. You talking about Detroit? I'm talking about Detroit. Yes. We can't score more than sixteen points. And we yeah. we look like we look like we uh, it's a it's a damn preseason game. Right. It it was a game like that emotion that you're talking about, Mike. That motion that emotion they used it the proper way. They were able to either focus tighter, have that technique, and then still have that emotion to drive them to run plays from the coaching staff calling plays to the players executing the plays. I mean, you watch DeAndre Smith get the ball, run hard. I mean, do things that on a sore knee, you know, that was, that were, you know, people mentioned that before game. Um, not saying that the Packers weren't playing hard, not saying that they weren't in the, you know, certain positions they needed to be in, but we just, I just saw the edge on. I'll say it. Yeah. Was, was <laughs> the Detroit Lions. The edge, that, that edge was there. You could see the fight to the bitter end, even when they were, they were down most of the game. It wasn't until fourth quarter where they actually got the touchdown from Jamal Williams to take them into that lead. Until that time, they were behind the whole game. So they played, the mindset was they were coming here to ruin the party. And I mentioned this last week on the show. Like they were, they were like, you know what? We're not going, you're not going. You know, let's make it that simple for these guys and the fans, you know, for Packers, unfortunately. You get, you get down there in the red zone, you score nine points in the first half, six, nine at halftime. And you're going, yeah. okay, you, you, you have to be That's not good. I'll be yes. honest with you. You never know when the game turns. And we have this tape and we'll show it. Like the game turns, you could say it turned in a bunch of different spots. Different, uh, yeah. But but I, I'll tell you right now, the game for me, when I went, I went, oh, we got problems. Last week against Minnesota, we had a goal line stand. Yeah, we, we did. did. Okay, we had a goal line stand, changed the game. Early in the game, set the tone. Isaiah Bugs and... Alan McNeil, who we didn't even talk about last week. I don't even know. Do no. you know who they are? They're the defensive tackles for the Detroit Lions. You probably don't know who they are because no. 
they're, there's no reason to know who they are because they haven't right. played. They haven't, <laughs> they haven't played for the rest of the season. Right. Like world beaters, right? They're pros, and I'm. I'm. I, that doesn't sound like I respect. I respect the hell out of them, but right. I respect them a lot, a lot more now because they beat up the interior offensive line for the Green Bay Packers last night. They mm-hmm. were. They were the. Re- if you were. To, if you said Mike, what is the reason Packers couldn't move the ball yesterday? I would say the interior defensive line, just absolutely. Compared to what you thought was going to happen, yeah, just did a phenomenal job against run and pass. I mean, just a phenomenal job. You can't believe it. Yeah, because you see that, and and what along with Aiden Hutchinson's, you know, two sacks, he's getting in there, he's causing a problem along with the disruption from his two teammates right there doing their job. And with the offensive line, defensive line, uh, you know, mentality is look, we go unseen, but we got to do this work. And they did that. They caused problems. You start they caused the disruption, and then. You know, giving Aaron not a clean pocket because I saw that pocket cap, like, almost capsize on him a few mm-hmm. times where he was just able to squeeze out to do Aaron things, either run for a first down, almost got the touchdown to A.J. Dillon, um, where his Paul pass was just behind him. But that was him getting out the pocket that the pocket was pretty much closing down on him. So he just, you know, got out of harm's way there. But, you know, something that, like you said, you know, played a big factor in getting you know, him off his rocker, off his point, I would say, to throw the ball comfortably, which we saw they, you know, doing that. And we saw some of the ill throws that came from that over in the game, later in the game that helped Detroit get the ball back when the, when the interception were thrown later in the game. Yeah, it's certainly, you know, it, every, so the, so for fans out there, what happens on every Monday is the, the coaches go into their coaches meetings and they watch a ton of tape on the opponent and they do, maybe they do self-scouting on their own team. Maybe they don't. Probably this time of the year, maybe they didn't have time to. I don't know. Right. And they, they come up with this game plan. And it's like it's almost like a thematic thing. Like, like for example, our game plan this week was obviously we're going to show the ghost look where we're running the, the wide receiver across, and we're going to do a bunch of end-arounds, and we're going to show mm-hmm. the end-around, and we're going to get that because they, they see the linebackers are fast-full players. I don't know why they did that, but – Pre-snap, there were a mm-hmm. lot of things in this game that were just head scratchers from all the end arounds yeah. to to when you go when you go spread, when you go empty, like why are you not, like they've shown they play a lot of man and match coverage. And I know that Aaron likes to just look at it and go, okay, that's man over there. That's they're playing match to playing zone over there. And I, I know where exactly where I'm gonna go. Like I, mm-hmm. I do I get it. Like I get that like, your quarterback might like that. Right. But there's they've proven. And when you like motion into bunch, when you motion to a trips look, when you motion across the ball from a three by two to a two by three, yeah, they've proven that that they don't do that particularly well as far as communicating every the switches. Mm-hmm. Yet, yet we didn't do any of it. We went in the first half. You go three times, you go empty. Robert Tunyon makes a phenomenal grab. Yeah, otherwise you're zero for three on all of them. And it's like those are usually gimme plays against this team. I mean, you can go back on tape and see there's a there's not. These are these are plays that we should be able to make easily, but right. they're a lot more difficult if you're just stagnant and standing there. It's not like these other guys don't have talent. So, I don't know the the whole thing. I'll, I'll, it'll be fun to kind of go through this film with you and and, and, and kind of show you what how I saw it and then hear hear your your take. But it, it yeah. was from from the goal line stand on. You're just going okay. They're they're more physical. We saw yep. the discipline issues that we had from our young guys, but really everywhere we were the ones missing tackles. We talked about last week like they're missing tackles left and right. Dudes yeah, come in and they honed in. Yeah, they they're making tackles. We're missing open field tackles. You're going. Yeah, you know, tough. Uh, yeah, just having um, you know, 
the, uh, the consciousness to hold on to the ball ball you know ball gets clipped out of uh, aaron jones on that one screenplay looked good picked up big yardage but then it ends with a fumble and they recover it inbound so you know stuff like that you know where the effort would come in to get that ball punched and then d lineman actually coming in to hit tunyon off the ball which was you know you know a little 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 smart tactic right there to make sure his teammate got the ball so that it was a little stuff like that that went detroit's way and that a lot of that stuff is just looking at it as pure effort because that was effort for that d lineman to not let tunyon get the ball and push his guy out or push tunyon out of bounds and then get his uh db to you know have the recovery right there for that you know after aaron jones from that rock so just a pure effort thing right there you want to watch some tape yeah let's roll let's, let's roll watch some yeah. tape. so yeah. I, so i did this chronologically this week okay because we have the tv copy so i did this chronologically so we start down Remember, we get Lazard on the, the, the pass interference. First, the first series looks like it's going really well. We get down on the five yard line, and what are we talking about? Hey, we want to run the football, and right. all like you know, all year we go, hey, we don't run the football down here. We try to throw it. We try to throw it. They try to run the football. What happens? Well, Problem. first off, yeah, <laughs> problems. First off, Problem. Josh Myers gets beat, gets shed. He's on the ground. Guy makes the play. You know, yep. I mean, you can't have that. Yeah, that's goal it, line. This is this is. Sorry, going back here a little bit. There we go. Yeah, you go back here. He locks out, gets him locked. And he gets too him. high. He's on the ground. Second. Now we got second down. Second goal. Now, our left guard gets beat. Matches him inside. Sheds inside. Now he gets. You know, I mean, there's another. So now it's third and goal. You got to do something. You got pressure. You got your center getting pushed back. Kaminsky's got the edge on Yash. Yash had a rough game. I don't know if he's injured yeah. or nothing. So, you know, yeah, he did have a tough game. Yeah, he had a serious tough game. But so he gets this pressure. This doesn't look as bad if there's he has somewhere to climb in the pocket. But he's drifting right. back. Bakhtiari, of course, has a great anchor. He gets pushed back about three yards. But he's he's in fine, again, fine position as long as the, the, uh, the quarterback's got somewhere to exit. But Myers is getting pushed back up the middle. He really has nowhere to go here. He escapes. Yeah. You know, if he, everyone's like, why doesn't he run it? Oh, because Malcolm uh, Rodriguez would have hammered him if he did. <laughs> yeah. So no. the Lions go three and out. We get our, we get our, uh, we get our three points. First down. Uh, first, or, excuse me. I think they go three and out or, or four and out. So we get yeah. the ball back in series first play, right? This And usually, AG, as you know, Mm-hmm. what they'll do. So we script all these plays. We script like the first 10, first 15 plays. So once you get down to like the five, they'll change it, right? Yeah. But then they'll go back and they'll start running because they still want to see how these these different personnel packages and formations look, okay? We go we go back. Defensive tackle gets through right through Yash yes. and yeah. uh, splits Yash and uh, JRJ. And listen, this is easy. Yash takes poor footwork here. This is a very, very difficult block for a backside tackle to cut off a three technique without a lot of help from that guard. Like a hand help, do mm-hmm. something to st- slow him down. And yeah. the thing that is, the thing that, you know, you know this dude, like if you see this motion coming across, we've Anzalone, you know Anzalone is going to play backside hard. So like John Wright and Junior, you can slow this down a little bit. You don't mm-hmm. have to leave him hanging out to dry like you do. And first and 10, and you got your, you got your, uh, your running back. Yeah, getting tackled he, in the getting tackled in the backfield. Exactly, like John Runyon, he just too fast to get up to the second level when he didn't have to. You know, he didn't have to get to that second level because the linebackers actually 
you know, with Angeloni going to the left and then the line, other linebacker just hovering, that gives him plenty of time to list, let that three technique where he kind of gives them that shoulder to put him back on Yashman and then get to the next level for the quarterback. Just to be a little bit patient. And I saw him a few times do this where he like looked like he panicked to get to the next level or panicked to get to his next movement. And even on the second sack where Aiden chased down Aaron, almost had a fumble, I could see um, JRJ kind of panic and do that move, do some bad footwork and got himself out of the position. And so what you see here too, we were talked about, they want to run a lot of this motion. They want to bring the guy across the wide receiver we're talking about. So now they can do the pop pass, you know, mm -hmm. in, in, in behind the line of scrimmage, they can do the reverses, et cetera. And they're doing it to get this, like they're doing the re the theme is do this so that you see the, the defense do that. Right. And so yeah. the, the, that for the defense is their linebackers are going to play the backside a lot. They do it all game. Yeah, they, they, should, they do it right here, but if the offensive line doesn't understand, now you see Runyon's all the way back here chasing this guy, and the defensive tackle's making the play. It's just a tough way to start in your first 15. Yeah. We look backside here. This is uh, this is third and one in the same drive. So we got – I just I highlight this because if you're, a, if you're an offensive lineman, your stagger has to allow you – Unless you're like Walter Jones, who can just mm -hmm. take a bunch, or Trent, and take a bunch of steps and still make the block, mm -hmm. your stagger has to allow you to gain leverage going backside. So you're all so for Yash, all your weight's got to be the inside part of your of your right foot right here because you got to plant to your left and cut this guy off. And if you got to pop that, take that first dead step in place with your right foot and then go. Now you're late. You get blown back into into the backfield, mm -hmm. and you stop the, the running back's momentum. I mean, AG, you talk about this at length, man. Like, yeah. you get the handoff, and all of a sudden, dude's right in your face. What do you do? Yeah, that's you do. You react with holding on to the ball, but that pen, it's that penetration that I mentioned. Then it gives the running back no time to react. It's a little short time to react. Great ones will react in a way to get themselves out of that problem. But when you give, you know, over and over again, this problem makes it hard and hard every time for a running back to be that that guy that you want him to be that he's been the whole season, basically. So they don't make this. This is a big play in the game right here. So they go huge. Yeah, fourth and one. They decide to go for it. And you see the communication, right? We talked yeah. about they go across. We've already talked about it. Communication issues going, but this is not a, this is not an empty bunch run. This is this is a run look. Yeah, this is a run this formation. Is a, this is a this is a fourth and one play. This isn't what we're this isn't what we're talking about as far as spreading the team out. You see that they point Anzalani immediately just Rotates over. He's going to take a shot at Lazard. It I mean, he never had, never had a chance. No, he got – it's like three people unblocked, including Angeloni on that play. You got the D tackle coming in, slanting in 78. Angeloni, he sees who he's, he's covering, which is Lazard. And then the other, I think, DB or linebacker that was on the same play side, yeah. he was untouched where he fell down. He thought he was going to get, get contact, and he didn't. <laughs> it was like, how you have three guys on an interior run play not touched by any of the green, you know, the blockers inside those. So it's just interesting seeing that, you know, on that play, on that execution there. <clears throat> so a lot of people were talking about this sack and what is, you know, this is what, the one where what, kind of, what is, what is uh, JRGA doing? Was, well, you, you know what he's doing? He's, he's helping his tackle. That's what yeah. he's doing. He's doing exactly what he's supposed to do. So he's got slide pro. He takes, he's, he sees rib cage. You see rib cage here. That's what you do. You take shots yeah. at the ribs fans out there this is he's doing exactly what he's supposed to do he's exactly what the problem is aaron's when you you have to hold the ball yeah now you drifts outside the pocket 
to your to your left. And so basically Aiden Hutchinson can can absorb that. He can lose more ground, run around this play and make a play. It like this mm-hmm. if he was running, if he ran high side and you just tried to push him around and Aaron Rodgers drifts to the left, you're giving up a sack and people are gonna blame you and it's not your fault again. Right. This is just these are things that happen during the course of a game, man. Like yeah, this, it's unfortunate, right? Yeah, this is just an unfortunate consequence of having to hold the ball. Now, if you're gonna say anything about Yash here, he's getting bull rushed. Yeah. So the real problem is that is not JRJ taking a ricochet. JRJ is doing him a favor because if he doesn't do this right now, he might get bulled right into Aaron's lap because he's yeah. moving back at a, at a pace that is uncomfortably fast. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So if he had had a better control of the bull rush, then he would have stayed. I say more square where then the the help uh, the help from JRJ doesn't push Aiden or push Aiden out of the path where he's going. He's more in it. He could get back in Aiden's way basically. <clears throat> But yeah, this is dodge a bullet here a little bit, huh? It could have been a sack mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So uh let's highlight some good listen. The for the most part, the Green Bay Packers defense played a pretty good game. Yeah, it was a tight game. Yeah. And you know, when when something's back and forth like it is in this situation, it you you I think you're especially appreciative. They've been scoring a ton of points. I know they haven't been doing as well on the road. But this is a team with a great offensive line, two good running backs, four guys that can stretch the defense, and a, and a mm-hmm. quarterback that's making a lot of good throws. So this is a good job by them. I think this is Enigbari up top. I highlighted him because uh, Quay ends up making a play here, but it's really because the defensive end does such a good job of occupying the guard and the tackle. You see that right now Panay Sewell has to – he gets beat inside, and so he's got to turn back in, and so Quay can just fire the, his gun right here. And this is really when you see the most – like the best version of Quay is when mm-hmm. he can just like – you either put him on. We've talked about it before. You tell him exactly yep. what to do as far as pass rush, where you got to go, and then you can use your athleticism. Or it's a very direct, like we're going to go in. We're going to do like some sort of end will stunt, end linebacker stunt, where you have you're going to hug this thing tight and make plays. And again, allow yourself to develop that confidence and that football IQ while you're doing things that are a little more in tune with, um, or or a little more structured, I guess. Yeah, and he's been showing that in the last couple of weeks where he's getting that execution, where he's in the right gap. He's shooting a lot faster than we saw previously, you know, back a month ago where you get the where the, the opposing team running back gets the ball and he's still sitting at, you know, linebacker five yards from the line of scrimmage. So now he's getting into there and it helps with, the like you said, with Ignambare doing his job, creating problems for the offensive line then where he could come step in and, and shoot the gap, get the tackle. So they go three and out again. And so we get back, I mean, we get back, it's third and four and like third down, we weren't very good at. So we talked about it ad nauseum though, right? You're in this spread look. So, you know, on the top, like the reason that they want to spread it out is because Aaron can look at this defense right here and go, okay, they're going to play man over on his right. to the top of the screen, they got him Mm -hmm. literally lined up man to man and they could, he's probably guessing on the bottom that they're going to go some sort of zone coverage. They're going to match up because the linebackers inside leverage on the inside slot. we got inside leverage. He's probably going to pop out on the middle slot. Right. So that's going to be some kind of pass off game, depending on who goes where. So mm-hmm. he knows he wants to throw the, to the man route. But the problem, like. This is a great play by Tunyon. And yeah, I, you, all of that's fantastic. Right. Yep. And you got to make these plays. And this is why he's Aaron Rodgers. But just from a schematic standpoint, like we've seen that they have issues in this motion. And this is the one out of three times that it worked. And Tunyon had to make a hell of a play for it to work. So you you want to you want to make them communicate a little bit more pre-snap and get that that full speed motion across and then have to deal with that speed and pass off great play by him though seriously yeah getting fired up love it yeah that was probably the best uh i say concept of 
of, of routes there was that is um you know a short flat route and then a corner route over top those routes mm-hmm. came open later for aaron and a few and a few in the i say the vertical game too unfortunately led to the interception that he was trying to take advantage of later in the game <clears throat> we got a third and five and this is uh i don't like i think it's just a coincidence that all these came up uh third down bro but right. so this is this is yash uh getting beat here on the yeah. inside by a great move by hutchinson so three hard upfield gets him to kind of extend bad body position puts yeah, his head down down yeah and uh listen the, the kid's gonna be a good player i i i think everybody's a little bit would probably be a little bit shocked that i i would be surprised if yash isn't hurt or something because like th- he had a shoulder like, i believe he just he didn't was, look good though right you know? yeah i think previous weeks up until this game it was a shoulder thing and that sometimes you know with some players with certain injuries especially for linemen your shoulders is is kind of where you work so to have that yeah. as a as a weakness and it, it's not really been talked about but you could tell from the play action from this gameplay from the player that something's ain't right with him he's like wait a minute just too many plays that he's getting by him he's getting guys going around him a little too easy here you know so he might be in his head knowing that the injury is there and not really speaking up about it or getting the rehab that he needs but it's just showing out on the field unfortunately you just see this like you know from an offensive line's perspective you see the hands outside you yep. the bad body position you know heads down trying to catch and it's just like mechanically it's hard right because you mechanically you're doing a ton of stuff wrong mm-hmm. and what happens especially an offensive defensive line player like running backs linebackers when you block them like you can be wrong like eight times in a row and still win right and nobody yeah. so nobody notices it but like if i'm like when i watch this i go oh well you're regardless if you win or lose like you're wrong like that's not how you want to block the guy no. you want to do it you want to go through your process go through it the right way so you don't have these situations at all but yeah. this is a tough look uh and it looks like he might even had a chip on eight with aj on the outside so like makes it even worse right like yeah. just let him go this time get a little chip although i don't think they do that usually from the uh from the backfield anymore yeah you want to get to that more outside uh, leverage side of the body of the the tackle so i want to get on that right hand of hip, a right hip of Yashman before I, I do that chip, unless it is the talked about pre-snap inside chip from that standpoint. So <laughs> this is after the, they had a uh, they had the touchdown callback for holding, and these are kind of just big momentum plays in the game. Yeah. So they have that, that was a huge play. They're bringing the the rookie, I think the Alabama kid, yeah. goes down the sideline to get it called back. Yeah. Matt Nelson gets a holding call. So now you got third and ten. Yeah, this play right here is nice. Nice chip by the running back there. Yeah. Yeah, so AG, go ahead, man. Enjoy, enjoy this because he yeah, just yeah, beautiful. I mean, this is him up. this is what I was just talking about previous play with uh, AJ Dillon. That's the chip pre-snap, and then right here, this is what I'm talking about. This is full effort where he's going to have a five-yard game, but from his effort, he busts through. This was a tackle drill that we practice in training camp, where a contact drill you def- you got two defenders, you got it, they're in closing on you, and you want to split the bags that's what it was called it's called split the bag so you split the defenders to get another five yards and that's what happens even though it's training during training camp it's just an idea okay this is what we want you want you to split those two tacklers to gain extra yards not knowing that you're going to actually get the effort and then get the first down on this play so that's basically um a, a training drill coming to fruition right here for a lot of nfl teams a lot of nfl players that have been through it me being one of them so good job by this this running back to split through there and getting the first down and it was just plays like this throughout the game like you just mentioned in that second half that lions were just finding plays making plays happen and executing along the way with all that full effort so you'll say it that way i'll say it this way <laughs> pete pete carroll because you're you're right for the running yeah. back you're right 
for, yeah. the, for the defensive guys, Pete Carroll and his staff in Seattle came out with this hawk tackling technique on YouTube. Yeah, I remember the hawk now, tackling. Like, yep, I, I used it. I it used was, it. It was the first time that most yeah. most people had ever even thought about. You know, you and I play it was, rugby. They take it from rugby. Oh, yep. Rugby tackling. Interesting. Yep, I but used it. This is this is a combo tackle on the field, and this is this is literally the drill. Like you're almost. Parallel, you're almost right on the same level as each other. You're coming up, you go hip to hip, you hit same foot, same shoulder. This is literally the drill that I guarantee every single one of these players has done at some point in their careers at this stage, 100%. right? At the professional stage. And you get to this point and you look like that. Yeah. He's yeah. He looks like, unfortunately, is that that's Razul. Yeah. He looks like Yashman in his tackle stance trying to block. His head is over his shoulders. He doesn't have his butt low, but you know his his butt is too high. He's bending at the waist. He's not right. a hip bender, right? Exactly. You got to bend a little deeper at the waist to get that, you know that that Z bend or Z in the legs to where you could extend on contact when somebody when you run into this line or running back or running back runs into you to try to get some pushback. This is crazy. So they're on the th- so th- he just. Another way to say this is a human just ran through two humans for five extra yards, which is 15 feet. Exactly. That's crazy. Momentum. He built up speed and legs drive. Leg drive one-on-one. He on contact. That was number one for us. On contact, if we're blocking or going into trying to break a tackle, one thing that was number one in my head by by the time I got here already, but I say that was emphasized game by game with by Edgar Bennett and Sylvester Croom is on contact, picking up a blitz or going into contact, run your legs. Once you run your legs, what's that running back did, you'll gain extra yardage is pretty much the, the defender is adjusting to trying to tackle you. And then you run your legs. Well, then any space that's there, you'll take up that space and gain the yards like that running back game right there. Devontae White gets a sack fumble. Jared Goff recovers. Great play by him. Beat the right guard. Inside move. Um, this is kind of the feast and famine, though, right? So yep. you have this exact – okay, so next play, third and six. Yes, is it a passing situation? It is a passing situation. But we this also – a great play the, call. Great we, play call. We also know that – but we also know that the Lions run the ball on third and medium to long more than any – you know, more than other teams in the league. Like, they literally said it before this play on the telecast, right? Mm-hmm. So they just say, oh, Devontae Watts probably really excited, so they're just going to inside trap him. Bank, yeah, job done. You know, and it's it's Good just job. it's just a, it's it's a it's a great play call. It's also a level of awareness. Yeah. Yep. And you know, just having the 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 defensive side, like they had the big gap in the middle too. That kind of was suspicious to me. You got DeAndre Swift in the backfield. I think I want to have the three techniques a little tighter on that center and guard area because that's a that's a sweet area. That's like uh that's the will that's the wheelhouse where you want to run as a running back in a, in a short yardage situation. You want to run right up the gap. If you're if they give you that space and they did, they gave the yeah. they gave the Detroit Lions space on that play. So this is Aaron Jones's fumble. So right before the half, we're driving, putting together a good drive. It's still three to nine. It doesn't look like the Detroit Lions are gonna get the ball back at all, right? So we'll go down here, yeah. kick a field goal, score a touchdown. There's mm-hmm. a minute, minute and change left. There's this is ultimately Aaron Jones is the, is responsible, right? You take ultimate mm-hmm. you, you take yeah, ultimate you ownership of what you do because exactly as but, a running back. But because you have to hold the ball. So Robert Tunyon is a is a tight end going up against a 190-pound defensive back, okay? Mm-hmm. And what happens is instead of being the hammer, he's the nail, bop, gets pushed off, okay, because he doesn't attack him. Mm-mm. And so now 
Aaron Jones has to hurdle him and take his left hand and put it down away instead of covering up this ball. Yep. When John Kaminsky, who's a defensive end, who is dropping in coverage, comes over and lays a three, you know, 295 pound guy laying a hit, putting all your pressure right on that. You don't, can't cover up the ball because you're busy tackling another guy. Your your yeah. your um your attention is as elsewhere. It's elsewhere. Again, your focus, yeah. This You're is broken up. You are respond. You are, you know running back quarter. Whoever holds the ball is also responsible for the ball. But it's little things like this that make a yeah. huge difference in the game, isn't it? Yeah, very huge. This is something I missed, you know. But just knowing as a running back, it's like you own it, regardless of what you were doing with the rest of your body here. You're right, you know, where Tillian has to go in there, inflict the pain to him, uh, to the DB, and not not receive it, not absorb it. And this it leads to that leads to that right there. It kind of goes with that theme that we talked about that the lines are more the, the more physical team, right? If you want to yeah. if you want to pull up a handful of plays, we've already showed a ton of them in the goal line stand. But plays like that, it's like it's little things that actually do make a difference in these games, man. And, and you can't skirt the responsibility of holding on to the football, but you also have to see from everybody else on the field has a responsibility as well. Yep. Because you never know when that play or pop up or that little inch would be needed, you know, somewhere somewhere in the game. So they get the ball back. There's like a minute left to go. It's first and 10 here. They make the tackle. Fair enough. And now we got tackling issues. And yeah. from one of our young guys. So Swift gets it. That's Quay. Break Is down. that Quay? Yeah. That's Quay, man. And it's like, yep. you, you're, hey, it's like two ships in the night, unfortunately. Their chests are pointed different directions. This yep. is going to be a problem. 32 is really fast. Yeah. And this is a huge play because not only does he break, he gets the first, he gets another 15 yards, and yeah. now they're in field, they're in field goal situation, right? So halftime, it's nine to six. Nice. I like the little edit there. Good job. And what, and what you say about this, like, okay, if you're the Green Bay Packers, you go in at halftime, you go, all right, listen, guys. Defense, great job. You're holding the six points. It's starting like we're making. There's a little bit of these errors that we got to reset. We got to mm -hmm. reset our mind. We've had some. We've had some lapses in in tackling. We've had some lapses on some reads in the run game. But you held you held a, a high scoring offense to six points. Offense, three trips down there, nine points. Field goals aren't going to cut it, right? I mean, mm -hmm. like what 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 do you what do you remember in these situations in these big games? Are there adjustments that you remember that our coach is just like, hey, we got to bear down, we got to finish drives, or they're like, hey, they're doing X, we got to do Y. What is it? What's normally the situation in your experience? Um, I've been in both. I've been in where there's actual detail execution um, adjustments. You know, hey, we're seeing the DN is doing this, so I need you to inside chip here, or the linebacker is green dogging, green dogging you, so make so really get out the backfield a lot faster instead of just floating. You know, little those are the exact key adjustment. But then it's the bigger thing. Hey, man, hey guys, we need more effort. We need to work harder. We need to convert on the third and uh, short or the fourth and short if we're going to go for it. We got to get it. Those, you know. But so I've had both. I've been in both. But I what I like better for me as a player, being the player who I am, professional, I want the exact details. Cause I right. could, I could, I'm gonna get myself amped up. You don't you know, need this, big picture, right? You I don't need big picture. I need the exact. I say, where exactly do you need me to go and sit? You know, I need to be outside or inside. Do I need to be on his left hip or right hip? Or you know, if I see if I run this play, this run play, am I trying? To, if it's a 92 blast, for example, am I? If, if the linebackers aren't running over top, what do I need to do? Then I need to take one more step. If I take that one more step, then they go run. Then I then I'll have the cutback if I want the cutback. So just give me those exact details. Because a big pitcher thing is like, I can handle that. I'm a pro. I know how to big pitcher. Yeah, we got to win this game. I got to do whatever is in my power to win, to throw the ball, cast the ball, whatever, tackle if I'm on offense or defense. 
you know, to help my team win. So big picture stuff. I like it, but I want to know the exact details, what you see as a coach or what I can see as a player to make me better on that football field. Yeah. We call it filling in the gaps, right? Yeah. You make, this is, I think this is a really critical point that you just made, Ahmad, because what happens in the national football league and happens in, it happens in all sports. It is because communications, communication is tough and there's emotion involved in all this. And sometimes like guys really don't know coaches, they don't really know what, how to express what they're trying to get across. So we talk mm-hmm. about, we always talk about complex ideas versus simple ideas. Players really just want, like you can communicate simple stuff. I can fix simple stuff. Yep. So communicate it that way. If I'm tackling poorly, don't just say tackle better. There's gotta be, Hey, we're not doing a good job of decelerating. We're not doing a job of breaking down before we're not exactly. tracking the hip properly. Like you got to tell me how to tackle better. If yeah. I'm not blocking well, hey, your first step is losing leverage and you're high into contact everything. You have to tell me that. Don't just say block better or get your pad mm-hmm. level lower. That doesn't make sense. And what happens a lot of times with these guys is we get into these situations. Hey, we just got to bear down and play better. It's yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> Dude, we're trying to play better. We know. Right. Give I'm us not something, league, give us yeah, something to bite out. on, right? Give mm-hmm. us something to bite on. Yeah. Give me some real stuff. That's literally talk. Honestly, I could get hype. Yeah. That's not an issue. Let's go out of halftime now. Six <clears> to nine. So we got the ball at second and four. Great and this is what I thought, here. bro, this is what I thought we were doing all day. This is yeah. honestly what I thought the offense was supposed to be this week. You put you put Mercedes on a linebacker or a safety. You let him drive block and you just take one of their outside guys who isn't like the most physical person. And you have them make the play coming in from the side on the hole. We have a 17 yard gain here. And it's mm-hmm. like, fantastic. Ryan. That's not rocket science though. You know no. what I mean? Like that, yeah. that wasn't a rocket science play. We just didn't see a lot of it. We saw a lot of the end arounds and the motions and the, yeah. And, and all the nonsense, but it's like, let's have some attitude plays and it, you know, that that'll get you fired up. Yeah. You see inside leverage here. This is, I think this is a miss. I don't know if this is a miss by Dobbs or Aaron Rodgers. You know, I, I, I think it was maybe a low throw. But you got that. You got two outside leverage guys again. Aaron knows pre-step where he's going to go with the football. You got two slants here, and this is a big third down because you're you're driving. You, you have an opportunity at third and seven to mm-hmm. pick up this first down and continue this drive. And you tell me, it looks like maybe it was a little bit low. Is that right? It looks a little low, but ca- to me, it looks catchable. Catch- it, looks, it looks like it hits him in his hands. Yeah, so. that's what I I I I heard I heard from somebody that it was low, and I kind of I'm watching this and. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's. It's a low ball. You, it's you hope a low he can, ball. You hope he, he can just, make it. Yep, he can adjust by maybe falling into it because that's that's key. Like that's experience. You know, knowing your quarterback, how he throws balls in, in that situation. That's a Devontae catch. That's a catch. You know, you got guys that are experienced. That's a good you know, way to put it. Yeah, that's Alan a, Lazard. That's, that's a catch, catch. Yeah. because you know it's a low ball. Like I've seen Tom Brady do this with his receivers. He's getting his receivers out of harm's way. You know what? I'm gonna throw it low. You could catch it and then slide towards the first down because you're untouched. You know, that is almost like a conversation that's happened in every practice from training camp to every Wednesday, seven on seven drill. Hey, hey, you know, when we're on the goal line, it's third and short or 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 not goal line. But if we're, you know, trying to convert on a third and medium, I'm going to throw it low so you could just catch and slide. You don't get hit. Nothing. Hand the ball to the ref. You know, keep the ball moving first down. So those are just one of those experience things you can see on that play with uh, with Romeo Dobbs there in between him and Aaron. And why does that play matter? Right, right because here. We, yeah, we now we donk it off. You know, last week this was good. Bounce not going our way this week in a number of a number of different ways. And then yeah. literally, next play, Jamal Williams goes off, big run, physical, getting Physi- them. I, but love see, it. he's, he, I mean, he's ready. You know, yes. what I mean, he was ready all day long. And what I'm pointing out here is, 
you got a ton of dudes over here on the on the left side of the screen. There's nobody in the B gap. No. And so it's either Quay is supposed to get there or your defensive tackle is supposed to loop out. Now, given that everybody's over here on the line to come in and these guys are slanting, I'm guessing the defensive tackle was supposed to loop out here and he didn't. Mm. But, but because he didn't, because they were able to run this double-double and capture this guy, I mean, bro, I can run through that hole. Yeah, like, I, I think. You know what I mean? Come on. Yeah, it's 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 nice. I mean, but it's just mindful, you know, work there where Quay has to see that happen and might maybe he, you know, he's still reacting as as, as young player, you know, reacting knowing that outside where he, oh my god, my guy didn't loop out, he looped in or he stayed in because of the double team. You jump out there, just just be a football player. Just know where you as a defender, you got to fill those run fits. Those are the gaps that defenders look at. Linebackers are is all about gaps. If you're fixing that you're going to cover that outside gap there, that B gap, mm-hmm. and knowing this tackle is going to go inside potentially and he's doubled anyway, then it, this mindful play, hey, I got to go fill a gap. If I'm not there, it's going to be wide open. And that, and the, the hard thing is, like, you're playing linebacker and a guy's coming right at you because they're double teaming him off the line of scrimmage. Like, it's just – if you if you don't pre-snap see, like, okay, my guy – like, my, I, I think the guy's looping out. I'm, right. sh- I'm probably going to hit this a gap hard and all of a sudden it just doesn't happen all of a sudden the guy's coming yeah, towards A-gap. you he didn't loop it's like this is these are these are pre-snap issues like this is this is what we call in tennis like what are they self-enforced there mm-hmm. you know yeah. Un- unnecessary and then you come back to again the very next play and we talked about it before they do a great job doing understander play action pass and they get jared got off the, golf off the spot what was nuts about this is they very rarely roll him the other way and his ability to flip his hips here is nuts like yep. that is a big tip dude he got his toe all the way around to where yep. he wanted to throw this ball this is you got to give it this is a great call by ben johnson this yep. is a great execution by the line and the fullback in particular getting preston smith to go inside and suck him in and then Goff getting these hips around here like this was they talked about the back end of this uh, on tv against ford and like they should mm-hmm. it was a great route but bro this is this is a hard hard play action throw for Jared Goff. This is what you talk about. The guy can make it. This is why number two pick in the draft. Yeah. That's big time, man. Yeah. To get around, flip your hips and point your dough forward is basically giving your every, uh, I say quality of detail for you to win on that throw as a quarterback, you give yourself a high percentage to win. You know, he doesn't flip the hips. He doesn't point the toe. Then it's, it's a dip, The percentage goes down. But as the percentage, the percentage is high because flips, hips are flipped, toe is pointed and he throws with all, he's able to put all his power into that throw. We talk about, you know, being able to like making golf throw, like move to his left. That's great. But not if he gets his, if his feet down, it's a whole different story, right? We're talking yeah, like it is. on the it's run and getting your feet set. Like the kid can, can sling it now. So they score. Jamal Williams goes in, ties Barry Sanders yeah. for most single season touchdowns of all time, by the way, on the Lions, which was nuts to hear. No, I mean, like, I was like, wow. So good job. So we come back and they've, you know, Zach Tom came in the game and replaced Josh. And again, Let's not even speculate what was going on there. But mm-hmm. this is, you know, you got young players in the game, and this is part of the problem, right? So he's got play action pass. And for whatever reason, Yash, and you saw this even more in, 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 during the game if they showed the Enzo copy, but he's pointed the wrong direction. Like, I don't know how else to say it. Like, he's getting, mm. he's giving up the inside gap. Yeah. He didn't, he's, his feet have shifted. So he was in a stance where his right foot was back. Now his left foot, left foot's back. He shifted to the inside, but he's blocking the B gap. And you give up a pressure. This is a this is an unforced error. This is an unnecessary. It's unnecessary. There's no reason that should happen. It's just right. footwork. That's just fundamentals, basic mm-hmm. fundamentals of the game. I love these kind of plays. You got first and ten. 
you got two guys coming down to block Hutchinson. So we used to call this K4 protection, AG. Okay. In Green Bay or Miami? In Carolina, actually. Oh, Carolina. So K- okay. K4 was basically you were gonna you were gonna full slide left or right. So if it was four, you're gonna slide to the left. And then you'd mm-hmm. have tight end, you'd have two guys running at the defensive end. It was basically saying you you five block the other four plus anything else that comes. Any garbage that comes. Any garbage. And then the running backs have a responsibility for the guy on the defensive end. It's like the first guy takes a shot, the second guy cleans up, and it just gives you time, especially under center play action like they run here, to get Watson open. And Watson just makes a phenomenal play. This yeah. is regardless of uh you know, how this season and you got to be excited about this guy next year, huh? Yeah. Um him, he grew up this game. He 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 grew an extra uh, layer of experience and confidence mm-hmm. um, in himself, and he definitely got it from Aaron. And like I know we're gonna talk about it later, but looking at the roster for the Packers, I'm I'm feeling good about next season. You know, I know if I'm Aaron, I'm like when he says you got to think. We're gonna talk about that. I know we already talked about it. He got to think about some things. Well, think about this: you got Romeo and Watson now have a year under their belt. Now they have confidence. They've been beat up. They've been thrown to the briar of a patch. So now they, they've been in the thorns, getting beat up, getting ridiculed, and now have come out of that with their heads up. So for me, I'm looking very optimistic at the mini camps, training camp, get ready for the next season just to make sure guys stay healthy. You know, that's the I'm biggest thing. I'm with you. So so we, we go down, we score, get the ball back. These are these little plays in the game talking about Dobbs. Listen, this happens, you know. This, but you got to appreciate one how good Aaron Rodgers is. Oh my God, the ball was literally hit him in the eight. That was that was a handoff. That's that's a that's literally a handoff. That's how perfect he threw that ball. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just the quarterback knowing. Okay, I got man covered, so I could throw it behind the DB's head. He's not going to look into the last minute. By the time he looks, the ball is in my receiver's hands. Literally, all he had to do is put a cradle. He's got to put my hand. He's got to put his hands there and then squeeze once he feels the ball. That that, that look kind of said it all, didn't it? Yeah. So, so it's 13-16, fourth quarter now. Detroit gets the ball back. And, I mean, Jamal's just – they're starting to – you just felt that the momentum was with the Lions and they're just starting to take over. And you just see, yeah. like, you stop the ball right here. You just see all of these – look at their offensive line that's clustered in this four-pack right here. They're all mm-hmm. facing the same direction. Yep. Just they're like looking for body. They look Just pushing people down. And then you see the tight end coming across We're to block Preston Smith. Yep. And just does, a great play, just you know, a great, great play. And we, you know, we talk about hunting. we talk about Quay a lot, man. And like, you know, he makes a ton of tackles eight yards downfield, and that's yeah. not necessarily his fault. It's just how it's looked this year, and that's just that's certainly something that I think from his style of play is one thing, but it also has a it has a lot to do with what's going on up front, especially on you know play like that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it'll be stuff to take in the offseason. You know, if you have, if he's a pro, if or if somebody needs to show him, take notes of his gameplay throughout the year and what he struggled at, that'll be one thing should be high on his priority list. You know, play reaction, play recognition, so I can get down in the gap, use my physical abilities to get in the um, hole right away. Okay, so I, I showed that last play just to show that we now had this pretty big, I believe this is a fourth and two, Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's fourth, so it's fourth and two, and you've got both corners. I don't know, are they are they eight yards off, seven yards they off? They are at seven least y- eight, yeah, seven to eight yards yeah. off the ball, which so, yeah, so they're doesn't off. Make sense. It's, it's a two yard route. That's it. 
Just sit, sit at the sticks. I just sit at the sticks. And this happened twice. It happened, we'll it show happened the twice. Last, it happened it twice. Happened, it happened, the last play of the game as well. And you yeah. just go. I, and this has been like you, you get on. Listen, you can get on the Internet and people are going, why are they play out? But there's a reason that they play off in a lot of these situations. And the it reason is, is because yeah. they would rather just give ground and not get beat deep. Right. That's mm -hmm. that's that's why they do this. But in these situations, with the guy with the qual, especially with the quality of player that Jerry Alexander is, and it's a fourth and two look, like I'm taking him to not get beat on the on the go route. I'm taking it. Like you yeah. got it. Like sometimes you got to live and die with your guys. Like if you mm -hmm. got a guy, you got to take advantage. Make at least make Goff go to the other side. But yeah. like if I'm Jerry Alexander, I'm. I'm thinking, I know he's, you know, he might just be going, dude, I don't care. They got a four, they got a two yard gain. Like it doesn't matter. And it's like, well, it, it does matter in your stats at the end of the year. Someone's going to say, oh, they got this catch for two yards. It didn't matter. But like, it does matter. Yeah, it does you know matter. I mean? Because, in this because it moved the sticks. It, it does matter. And so I, I think there, I think there's usually two things going on. One from a player's perspective, they're like, dude, I'd rather give, give that up than not get beat. But I don't think he's like, I'm slowly starting to understand that a lot of his bravado is not like it's not bullshit. Like he really thinks he's that good. So like <laughs> right. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like so like if you think you're that good, bro, like you need to hey plant your flag in the ground. Joe Barry, put this man in, put this guy in press. Don't let him yeah. do this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm doing that. I'm giving them an the opportunity to make plays for themselves, for the team. You know, for themselves, for the team. And this was something that obviously came back later. It hurt him. He's and, so bombastic uh, sometimes that you you know you go ah oh, he, this is he's just doing this You're like no he, I, I I'm I'm beginning to believe that dude 100% thinks that he's he's the he's it he's the guy he's the cock and the balls you know what I mean like he's he's it yeah and like I respect the hell out of it honestly because like it, it's hard it's it's hard to be the guy and he, thinks, and he thinks but if you're gonna be the guy then in those situations your coordinator has to allow you to be the guy as well. Mm -hmm. Yep, that makes sense. Put the players in the best place, in the best situation to win. So the only reason I brought this in is because they didn't show Quay. Uh, they didn't show Quay pushing the, the like the twenty-three year old, twenty-three year old intern trainer, and then they <laughs> didn't show Wyatt, the two Rick first-round rookies. Then Wyatt comes up and like kind of walks up and chest like gives him like the chest kind of tough guy thing, and you're like, it's almost like really. <laughs> I didn't know what they were doing. I'm yeah, like, do they like, know him? I'm like, do they well, know yeah, him personally? Like, yeah, you, you almost hope it's a joke. You yeah. Know? It's like, why I'd would like, you? What would be the point of doing that? So this is the last time you see him. Quay Walker. Yeah. In, in the 2022 2023 season, this is his last play. Uh, you know, I just and so and so Wyatt goes over, does the chest bump thing, and listen, the, these guys got bright futures, and and people make. I we've all made mistakes, right? Yeah. It's just kind of. It's just kind of. But this is a big situation. This kind of stuff is just being young too, though. Goal line. Now, they're going to run the trap again. Why? Mm -hmm. Because he plays wide. Now, when you see Panay Sewell come down and double Kenny right here, you see that. Dude, you got to take space, bro. Your head's there. Like, you see him going down. Mm -hmm. You got to take space. You can't go straight up field. His second step here goes back. He's all the way on the other side of his hash with his left foot. Yeah. You can't you can't make it that easy for people, right? And this is just part of being young. Yeah. You got to close that gap. I'm not saying they're going to hold him out the whole time. What I am saying is 
don't let it be in your gap. This is in your gap. This is on you. You know, because then the double team gets pushed right into DeAndre Campbell, and it's pretty much a walk-in for Jamal. Nothing you can do, right? Nothing. So it looks like we got five minutes left. We're down four. Now, this is a second and two look, AG, and I, I just stopped it here because mm -hmm. second and two, the green line, for those of you watching at home, is the line, is the line of scrimmage. Now, you see one of our guys on his side on the floor in the fetal position. And yeah. again, until I mentioned them, do you know the, the starting defensive tackles for the, the Detroit Lions? Oh, they're Bugs and McNeil? Yeah, Bugs and McNeil. Yeah, okay. I looked it up. Yeah. <laughs> now, I clearly didn't give them the amount of respect they deserved because we got one guy on the ground, we got one guy making the tackle in the backfield, and we got yeah. our, our, deep, our left tackle pushed back in the backfield. Yeah. This is a play side inside zone run. That's all it is. Yeah, and it's, it's already destroyed. It's been destroyed from the yeah. start. You're just going, it? you got to be joking. No, I want to. Making plays. We give the ball back, and this is this is the drive that ends the Green Bay Packers season. Yeah, it is. I mean, and this is, this is drives that run game coordinators, running back coaches, O-line coaches, this is what, this is what we get, this is what they get excited for. This is the dream. This is four minute football. Yes. Um, Edgar used to say to me, and he said, at this point of the game, AG, don't even look at the sideline. Don't you're you're staying in there the whole drive. You're gonna end this game. And you know what? I'll be like, at, after a while, it's like, you know what, coach? Yeah, I won't even you know, I don't even think about looking. You damn right. I want the ball. I want to end this game. You know, and that's how a running back thinks when this is put on me and my old line. Let's go. You know, let's make this happen. No problem. I'm gonna do whatever I need to do. To make sure the ball gets converted, hold on to it. If I'm play action pass protection, any of that's going to happen. Let's go. You know, we got two doubles mm -hmm. on the inside here. Frank Ragnow in the left guard and the right guard, right tackle. Frank Ragnow does a great job. So Frank's all pro center. Mm -hmm. Yep. Gets his first block, and they see how they're staying square here, and they're rising up to Devondre Campbell, so he can get off on Devondre. He's got to try to make an arm tackle. Savage, who by the way, Savage had a good game. I didn't, well. There wasn't he a lot of stuff to put on in here, but he 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 played he played a good game. I know they got. He, I think he led the team in tackles. They had two PBUs. Mm -hmm. um, played a good game though. But that's so first down of that of the drive for the season, and he didn't get nine yards. Yeah. <clears throat> Second down, we got a rookie jump off sides. Automatic first here. You just go. Oh, I mean, that's tough. Yeah. It happens, but it's tough. So now they have a holding call. Second and 17, they had the holding call on the, on the wide receiver screen on the left, right? Number 82 got the hold. Mm -hmm. And Ben Johnson pulls this play out and probably gets himself a head coaching job. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? The hook like, and ladder. I'm like, oh, my God. Behind yeah. the line of scrimmage, hook and ladder. Now, <laughs> Benay Sewell gets a lot of notoriety. He was the first-round pick out of Oregon, super good athlete. Yeah. Darnell Savage is the unfortunate victim here of a – splattering yeah he and he wasn't even in the right position to hit him sewell no. just hit him from he hit him basically his hips are turned one way he just takes his other body turns and it's like take that I mean, i'm like <laughs> we already tough. know he's an athlete so yeah he's yeah so they get down and now it's third and three our man chris barnes in the game 
Now, here's what's kind of weird. Devondre Campbell's down here on the line of scrimmage. For me, I put a defensive end in, up to you. Yeah. But they just very easily down block him. But Chris Barnes runs through it, makes the play, fourth down. Everything wow. you want. By the way, let's go back. Sorry, I, we have to go back and appreciate this. Okay. okay. No. Oh, Mike, come on now. Here we go. Now, not LaFleur hoping that everybody, you know, cheers louder, but look at Chris Gizzy's mustache. He hey, looks like perfect. Does he look like he looks like Super Mario? <laughs> That's unbelievable. What a Gizzy. strong stash. Gizzy. What a stud. Yeah. That guy's a stud, by the he, way. He, he's a stud. Yeah. All right. So fourth and one. We've already been through this, but up. Oh, where are you going? Where yeah. are you going? Right. He was already backing up. Like, what are you backing up for? Backpedal. Okay, so right now, it, he's ten yards off, or nine yards off, off yeah. of his player. It's a what? He has to throw the ball one yard for those playing at home. The quarterback has to throw one yard vertically before the DB can break and and run eight yards vertically. Doesn't seem that hard. I'm, just, right. I'm just saying. Right. So they Man. sit down. I don't know if he thought Chris Barnes was going to be able to get all the way over here because if they did, then this guy's wide open as well because Jair's way off his guy. So this could be either either cornerback. I just – this is a tough way, man. That's just a tough yeah. way to end the season right there. Yeah, and it's it And I guess it's fitting because it's kind of been there the whole time. But it's, it's unfortunate because you just start looking around at the whole season. You go through some individual players, certainly showing up Christian Watson, you know, those guys – Mm-hmm. playing at a high level and, and kind of coming into their own. You see some things about the offensive line. Some guy, Zach Tom, shows that he can be a player in this league. Yeah. But you look at some themes across not only this year, AG, but really the last couple of years, mm-hmm. when even when they've been successful. Like, I think Matt, Matt LaFleur might even said it. Success hides a lot of problems. It does. Oh, that's, that's, a true, that's such a true statement. That's we've, such we've, a true statement. We've talked about it at nauseum, man. They still don't tackle well. They still don't communicate well. They still have plays like that play in particular that happened twice in crucial moments of the game where you're not even giving your one highest paid DB in the league, one of the best players in the league, you're not even giving him a chance to make a play. Yeah. Right? And so I, there are just some things about what are, what's happening on this team that when you see at the end of the game, and of course everybody's down, and Aaron, look, Aaron Rodgers – he goes for 200 yards, 205 yards, touchdown, and a pick, right? Yeah, he had multiple picks. It's uh, well, he did have multiple picks, but they called the one back. Oh, he had two. He had two picks, though. It was three thrown and two picks. Okay, I think I think it was for sure. Okay, it was something like that. Okay, is it? It's just weird. I'm looking at the stats. It should be two stats. picks. I know one yeah, got I'm, called back. I'm sure. Okay, I'm pretty sure it's one, but it doesn't matter. So, anyway, okay, yeah, he, he had he had the he had the touchdown and, and one one or two picks. Not not a good night by his standards. Aaron yep. Jones only gets 12 carries. AJ gets nine carries. We give four carries to the wide receivers. Yeah. Okay. The, the the defense, I mean, listen, honestly, like Jamal Williams had a good game in the second half, 72 yards rushing, 16 carries. He had a good game in the second half. They are a strong offensive line. You get yep. if it's a close game, they're going to be able to wear on you. Their their offensive line's better than our our box seven. That's like we knew that going into the game. Swift Swift had his big play moments, certainly. Mm-hmm. They they had but Goff didn't have a great game. Goff was what twenty three or thirty four for two twenty four, but yeah. a lot of his balls put them in positions where they couldn't get run after catch yardage. And mm-hmm. you know, I mean, 
it came at the the, the throws and the plays came at the right time. But basically. but but Rogers comes after the game and he wants to hold on to the jersey and he's walking out with Cobb and you know there's there's all, he's a little bit cryptic about everything. Yeah. And you yeah. have to like you have to ask the question. Does is this an, this is another game where it's one and done and they they fail to perform at a level that's acceptable. Like even if like even if you lose and you lose with like honor, that's mm-hmm. different than this. Like yeah. scoring 16 points against the team who gives up five or you know, 400 yards of offense every week. So if you're if you're and I want you don't have to put yourself in Aaron Rodgers' shoes, but let's say you're in, you're 38 years old, AG, you're you're you know four time MVP, or you you've had this great career that you've had, or even when you were playing, you're mm-hmm. getting on in years, and you're going, is this, you know, what am I doing this for? Do you think that he sees kind of the stuff that we're seeing, like? Does this does this make sense for him? Like, is this really the best opportunity to win a Super Bowl as they're constructed right now from a staffing perspective and a player perspective? I say for him and looking at this, it'll be it's still a lot of question marks. It's not fully there because you got young players still developing, even though they did get better in terms of the wide receivers crew, um, more apt um, than anybody out there. That was the, the the big adjustment from the first part of the year to now. Mm-hmm. And then I say coaching wise. Uh, play calling wise just what is the focus because you remember mid-season on that five grand lucid they didn't really have an identity you know they were wanting to stick to the run but then sometimes would totally go away from it because they have Aaron Rodgers they have receivers that weren't quite there but they thought they could still go out there and make plays make catches like you know change the difference of the game change the momentum but they don't have that they they didn't have that this year but they will next year so it's just a lot of open question marks for him to think about for Aaron to think about in terms of this so it's it's going to be like it's, it's going to be cryptic it's going to be no clear-cut answer until he sits and really thinks about it or if I was them be like I got to look at and think about a few things go over some things in my head look at the deceit go back and look at the season and how it made me feel and how I was pre- pre- preparing and for every instance for every game in within the division too and then within the NFC conference as well if I'm on this team and I'm a veteran, you know, high level player, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm uh, frustrated that we that for whatever reason, like you know, there's a Greek philosopher Archilochus, right? He says you, you don't rise to the level of your expectations or your level of your training. You don't rise to the level of your expectations. You you fall to the level of your training, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't rise to the occasion. You don't rise to your expectations. You fall to whatever level you're training at. Yeah. And I know that's not. Um, that's not a hundred percent, you know, concrete, but like, I like to that's, think, I like to think that athletes can kind of live their lives on that motto, right. For yeah. the most part. Yeah. And teams. And so when you continue to show a lack of improvement in certain areas, when you continue to struggle in these games, there's, we've talked about it ad nauseum and this team over the last couple of years on this show, there's something else there. Like mm-hmm. there's something bigger going on. And I wonder with him with, you know, because for I don't think it's like he can go to another. I don't think he's going to go play for the Niners. Maybe he does. But mm-hmm. I think with his cap and everything, I think it'd be really ugly and messy. It's either like retire, yeah. right? Yeah. Retire and go own a team or something or stay and play. I don't know if there's a better opportunity because I, he does have weapons, but there's something about what they're doing that doesn't make sense. Hmm. And it's like they were timid on special teams. They have Nixon. They're timid on special teams because they're afraid they're going to run fakes. Well, you still can't. You can't be timid. But you know, if you taught it all week, like, 
worry about the fake. Worry about the fake. Worry, what do you What do you think the players are going to do? They're going to be timid. Yeah, they worry. It's a, just be aware. Show. Yeah, yeah. You, sh- you show like you sh- you you showed that's what you did by right. by the actions on the field. If you're playing if you're playing eight yards off on a one yard route in, in the cr- most critical part of the game, yeah, it don't be surprised if you get beat. Like the, like those little things, and the, if they keep happening, you know how many times during the year you're like watching the Commanders game, it's like. All right, it's uh, third and ten. We're at thirteen deep. It's like it doesn't really make that much uh-huh. sense. You yeah. know what I mean? And it happens over and over. So, and and listen, I was shocked that we didn't get, we couldn't even get twenty five carries between our two running backs no. in a tight game, and yeah. they don't even deserve it. By they, I mean the offense because they they couldn't open any holes because their two defensive tackles were busy beating us. So yeah, it, it's it's uh, you know where do you go from here? I think I think. When, when Coach LaFleur says we have to look at every facet of what we do, mm-hmm. I hope I hope they do that and make the – you know, we could talk about it probably in the offseason, but make the requisite changes because they're, they're just too talented a team to even having to be playing for the seventh seed, much less yeah. lose. Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, we saw it unravel this season, you know, from the injuries to the losing streak and just the mindset of trying to get into players' heads, which Aaron was doing, trying to – you know, he was being a leader and trying different ways to get them motivated or get them to hold themselves accountable for doing certain things, not doing, you know, play review or film. I mean, film review and catching the ball at certain time, you know, just having that what he had basically trying to duplicate what he had with Devontae and those other receivers before this year. That was all the play of uh, the state of play in the first part of the year. And so all that was going on. And that's not conducive to having a, a a successful season you know it's it's just you know people question each other question themselves and i think it was a lot of that going on and now you just got to have a quiet time to just let stuff let the dust settle and then come into a situation where you could think clearly about for whatever player not just aaron for every player coach as are included of where we're going to be looking at for 2023 you know what's mini camps and all that get here where are we going to go what's going to be our identity then that's where you set it at in May, um, April, uh, OTAs or whatever, June OTAs. That's where you set the identity for the team um, then, then and there. There's, there's two things. I think you make great points. There's two things. I, one thing I hope that doesn't happen, I've, and I've seen this happen multiple times, multiple teams. I hope they don't go in the back room after this and go, well, we just got to get some players at some at some positions and we're going to be okay. Yeah. Because that's what that. happens a lot, right? Yeah. You, oh, yep. well, we, we got to just pick up an interior offensive lineman, a tight end, you know, and we're going to be okay. It's like, no. no it's deeper have, than that. You have a systemic problem. Yes, it's deeper a, than that. You have a systemic problem and don't try to gloss over by blaming the players because that's the easy way out. It's not their fault. You've, you've, you've chosen them and you've coached them. It's on you. The second part of that is when you have, and not to be count, uh, not to talk uh, about both sides of my mouth, but when you have a 38 or 40 year old, four time MVP, stalwart face of the franchise, responsible mm-hmm. for a lot of commas and a lot of zeros and, and multiple people's paychecks across the, the levels of the organization, when you have that person in the locker room, I think that Matt Lafleur had walked into a great situation, mm-hmm. and I think he walked into an incredibly difficult situation because mm. when you say Aaron Rodgers is this, you know, the leadership and all this stuff. And he's trying to do this. Well, he's doing it in part because it's not getting done on the, from maybe the other, the coach. Correct. And, Correct. and why? Because he's there because he's the alpha. 
because he's everything to that franchise. Yeah. And there, there might need to be some sort of acknowledgement or discussion or something that goes on with like, Hey man, if we are going to hold these guys to a standard, then we'll get to your, if your standards higher than ours right now, Aaron, like if you, if Aaron's standard is higher than theirs, then they got to get up. Mm-hmm. But if, but if, if they're, if, if everyone's speaking the same language, then sometimes you got to, you have to concede as a player and go, okay, man, make sure these guys are right. I trust you mm-hmm. to get them to my standard which is now your standard or our standard, but I got to, I got to take the seatbelt off and, and just walk away and let you do your job. Cause I, that's a really, really difficult dynamic in that building. Yeah, it is. It's, it's just, it's just really difficult. Interesting. Don't really know who's pulling the strings. And I say that's what they got to get figured out between now. And I say combine mm-hmm. uh, free agency. Uh, that's a serious conversation. That's gotta be happening amongst certain people in that, in that team, in that building over at 1265. Guy, here's bring the heat. Ask if you could change one thing about the offense, what would it be and why? I'd say I'd say run the ball with more more consistency. Uh, and yep. to do that, I would I would really be anxious on improving the fundamentals of your interior, uh, the entirety of your offensive line, but particularly the way that you would uh, attack double teams in second level, which means you're going to need some. It's it's a lot of footwork and a lot of explosiveness. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you because they have the two running backs to do it. They both, you know, you got an experienced veteran with Aaron Jones and you got a young guy in AJ Dillon, you know, now in his going into his fourth year, that is very, you know, in terms of size, his ability, he could catch the ball at the backfield, put them in the situations where they can win, you know, yeah. put them in plays that's going to make them successful. I know Aaron Jones could do a lot, but make sure you do it at the right time. Don't do it when it's a third down and one, when you're trying to run a screenplay to him. No, just run the ball straight down. He'll get the first down and then first down and 10 you know, come up with something, you know, special where it puts him in a, a situation that shows his ability because we've seen him do it. We've seen him catch balls downfield, you know, back shoulder throw, touchdown catches. He did that this year. He's done that in previous years. So we know what Aaron Jones can do if he's in the running back backfield position, if he's in the slot, if he's on the on the far um, wide receiver, he's the wide wide receiver. We know what he could do there. A.J. Dillon, same thing. We know what he could do. Put those players, those are two of your best players in the backfield along with your quarterback. Give them a string of plays that they're always in the positions to win. Do that and then work in everybody else, you know, in the offense and obviously on the defensive side as well. Are they able to are they able to have a run first or run priority offense with Aaron with Aaron Rodgers? I believe they do mm-hmm. because of the run game. I mean, the run game is proven this year. It's been proven. You got two guys that No, what yeah, oh. but what I mean is what I mean is okay, so let's say they go and they go, "Hey, we're Aaron, listen. Now I want you to hear me. We're mm-hmm. going to be a run first offense this year. Is he going to be like, sure you are. And, and like run first to me doesn't mean you're going to run the whole game. What I mean, what I hear when I hear run first is 55, 45. You're going to run just to get, you're going to establish the run. And then once I establish the run, when I let the defense know, Hey, we're going to run the rock. Oh, then that's when I start sprinkling in my play action passes, my screen plays. As I think, I know I watched old school football. You always establish the run first. If you have running backs that can establish the run, you do that by letting the defense know in that first series, we're going to run two or three or four plays to let you know we're coming downhill. And then once we get you on the bait, we get you on the hook. Now we're going to mix in what our quarterback does. He can do play action. We can get him off the pocket. He can move when he's mobile or what have you. And we're going, you know what? We got these wide receivers on the edges that then if you're not paying attention to them, because now you're focused so worried about Aaron Jones and Aaron J. Dillon, 
we got Watson, we got Dobbs, we got guys that get open and can catch the ball. So that's the mean. That's what I mean by when I hear you know establish the run first. I'm not running the whole. Yeah. So it's going to be a cut up of 60 40 or 50 40. You know 50. 55, 45, something like that, but yeah. something where there is a nice sprinkle in where that defense doesn't know what's coming at them. I, th- I think what we saw we saw this year, and you know, I, I completely agree with you. And the difference, really, I think for us is like we don't want to be in spread all the time. Yeah, right. It drives me nuts. And, and, yeah, like the, two, if it's a two minute situation, I'm okay yeah, with that. But you know? like the under, like you utilize your weapons. You, under center play action passes has worked great for every team in the National Football League. Having a fullback is a, is a weapon now that the pendulum swung the other way. Like there's some there's just certain, like utilize the people that are that are valuable to your team. Mercedes Lewis, if he decides to stay, if he you know who knows if he's going to stay exactly. or retire. But if yep. he's still there, like and you can utilize him, or if you want to have a package where you have an extra offensive lineman, like make yourself that kind of team where people have to really think about the personnel packages they're going to use because of the way you run the football, that's going to open up everything else you do. Yeah. Right. Hey, here, here's another question. Speaking of uh, uh, Mercedes. So Mercedes Lewis, Randall Cobb. Yeah. And, and I think Alan Lazard is on the, is on the free agent, free agent. market, maybe potential. Yeah. Do you see one, two or three of those guys being back next year? Uh, I see. I definitely see in Lazard being mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. um he's one of their leader he's their lead receiver right now um it's a toy a coin flip excuse me coin flip to see uh both Cobb and Lewis coming back um just because we know what Lewis can do with the pat with the run you know and and he he slips up and catches a couple big passes to this year that were you know and move the ball and move the needle um, Randall Cobb, we know he's getting older, doesn't quite have the quicks that he does. Is he still a, a solid possession receiver? Yep. That's why I say there's a coin flip of, of those two both coming back. One of them for sure, you know, and I'll say it'd be more Lewis than anything because yeah. he they don't have he, a tight end. Yeah, they, he, he's, he's, he's solidified. Right. He solidified himself as a guy that when they, when the meetings start up and they start going over run plays, trust me, everybody's comfortable because they know eight nines in the room. Yeah. <laughs> no, and right. even as a running back i'm like i'm good i know yeah, we're good. With, Just, with my offensive line and then 89 okay yeah he can't be but uh, yeah. to your point he can't be the second best blocker on the team next year no he yeah, can't yeah. like we got yeah like, yeah exactly he then can't have, have the second there. highest blocking grade in the team next no year. you got it right. it's, it's, it's a it's a it's a double-edged sword there <laughs> should, should we let's hit these let's hit these uh, actually we'll hit them on we'll hit them on thursday we'll hit the playoffs up on thursday oh yeah the playoffs and uh what about tonight though we got college football national championship oh yeah who do you got um we got what's it tcu and georgia mm-hmm. and i watched both games last mm-hmm. weekend mm-hmm. and and of course it, it's interesting how they try to pull up the doubts for a team that doesn't have a whole lot of weaknesses in terms of georgia right um i like the underdog i'm an underdog fan so i love tcu in terms of what they've done they've disrupted the whole college football landscape and i like that um i'm just ready to be uh, be honest i'm just ready for one hell of a game i think I, i'm gonna I'm say if i'm betting if i'm putting money down i will be safe and put money down with georgia Sets embedded. I don't really care about college football. I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I did watch both games, and I, th- I think it's fun to watch. Yeah. Sets embedded said something. I was just like, I'm voting for you no matter what. He said something uh, like, he said something to the effect of, of I don't know why everybody like. He goes, I play well in all these games, 
nobody respects me. Like nobody likes me. He goes, he said something like, I think I'm just too ugly to play quarterback. He said something like that. And yeah, he like, ain't sexy looking. No, yeah, he's not like, you're, the, you're the man, dude. He's so. just a football player though. And I like that. He, he So he has that chip on his shoulder uh, right there. And I like that. So yeah, it's going to be a hell of a game. If I'm putting money down, I'm going Georgia. Um, but TCU, they, they have it. You know, coach, uh, that head coach, running back, wide receivers, defense. So I'm ready to watch some good football tonight. So, all right, AG. Uh, guys, you can find me at Mike Wall68 on Twitter, TikTok, and Process to Perform on Instagram. I'm on, my man. Tell me about what you got going on. Yeah. Yep. Tell me. You can go look at me at uh, Amon Green 30 on one word on Twitter and Instagram, and also Amon Green Gamers Lounge on TikTok. That's all one word put together and YouTube as well. So check us out this week. We have our, uh, we have the CEO of UEL at the Lucas 300 Lucas. So it's like the MMA of esports, Mike. We have a league that is out there. It's crazy. So uh, check it out. We're doing it this week. Actually, this Thursday, excuse me. So check us out then. So Mike, man, have a great week. All right, bro. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.